Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Howard! How are you, my man? Oh, not another silent moment. How are you? I'm practicing, like Howard Stern, <laughs> these quiet moments. Well, you're good at those. Don't worry. By the way, I was listening to a podcast, and I just sometimes I can't hear me. I really need to go to pronunciation school. Yes, and but don't worry. I take all those pauses out anyway, so. Yeah, you do do a good edit. I notice that you do do a good editing job. Because I lose you for minutes at a time sometimes. Okay, this is, uh, I'm bored already talking to you. <laughs> do we have a guest today? We have several, actually so, two. It's cold today. Well, good. Yeah, we are in the winter. Yes, Phoenix winter, they're horrible. It's horrible. I wore a two, I wore two shirts, a layered, <laughs> a layered thing golfing today. Golf I, today. You did. Scottsdale National. Holy moly. It's beautiful. And guess what I did? Hole in one? No. I mean, I've never had a hole in one of you. No, I had a hole in three ones. <laughs> hole in three. You know, in celebration of today's show, I guess what I bought? You bought a, tell me. I bought a Tesla. Tesla. Which model do you think I bought? Ooh, the X? Yeah, I bought the X, the truck, the sperm mobile. <laughs> and I paid the 10 grand, so it supposedly drives. It picks me up at the store. So you can now text and drive. Not only can I text and drive, I can sleep. I can take an Ambien, <laughs> take me golfing, and show up. And so I'm really fascinated because everybody already knows this. I think I'm the last guy to buy a Tesla. So that's cool. Like, this is the trend that I've completely missed because I'm not a car guy. And I'm not a Tesla guy. I like the sound of cars. Yeah, I know. But I got a little bit of money and I want a new car because it's been a while because mm -hmm. I got COVID fever. I can't <laughs> spend money. And so I went in, you know, it's too easy to buy a car. They should be ashamed of themselves. I was expecting to go in a back room and someone sells me Lojack and like some material that keeps right. pebbles off my car. Remember you go in the back room and a guy's smoking a cigar right. and he's like hard selling you and he's printing for hours and hours and he's slapping stuff there. down yeah, I know, right? and he wants a turtle wax and what have you. And meanwhile, I go in a Tesla store and literally three minutes I had a car. Amazing. Yeah. And for a hundred dollars, it's mine. <laughs> no, I mean, I got to go back and yada, yada, yada. But I wanted to check with you and go through all the doohickeys I got. And so today we have battery people on the show. There has been no hotter sector in 2020, and I'm totally missed this, than electric vehicles. Right. And what makes an electric vehicle, k -Nut? Um, The batteries. So we've got all this talk of hydrogen. We have, I've been waiting because of the range you know, I need something that takes me Phoenix, San Diego. So I'm not there, but I caved. I mean, I want to be able to just point my car and wake up in San Diego, listen to a few podcasts, but we're not there yet. I think I'm going to have to stop somewhere at the risk of uh, getting beat up at, a, at one of those stations on the way and on the way on the highway. Yeah. But uh, we're close. So um, my friend is an investor in a company called Romeo. RMG is the ticker and they were just did a SPAC. We know, so, so it's a combination of electronic vehicles, SPAC, batteries, and these guys are at the forefront of this. So uh, they were good enough. My friend Doug hooked me up with the CEO and the uh, SPACer, 
Bob Mancini, and we have the CEO of, of uh, Romeo here on the show as well. So we've got a threesome. Mm-hmm. Threesome talking batteries. Could it be hotter than that? <laughs> so let's uh, patch in Bob and uh, Lionel. And here's Bob. Bob, welcome. Hey, Howard. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, listen. Uh, one, yes, sir. One thing I want to make sure your listeners understand that our ticker is RMG today, but after uh, we close, which is going to be at the end of the month, the ticker is going to be R-O-M. But uh, anyway, everything else is all good. R-O-M for Romeo. It'll be New York Stock Exchange? New York Stock Exchange. Okay. It's an exciting time. So I want to, you know, my audience want, is really fascinated by SPACs. And obviously, nothing has been more interesting than uh, the battery and EV and, and Tesla and NEO and all these companies. So we're going to talk about that. So it's Ly- let's patch Lionel in as well. Here's Lionel. Hey. Hey, Lionel. How you doing, Howard? You guys are at the forefront of everything happening in markets right now, right? We're watching Tesla. The The short sellers hate it. Goldman just upgraded today. We're in December. We've had a year of, this has been the year. Like I told Knut, I bought a Tesla. And I fancy myself a trend follower, but this is the latest I've ever entered a trend. Like this is not like the beginning. Of, I mean, it is the beginning of some. There's probably two out of 10 cars in North Scott Street that I see when I'm biking that are Teslas, which is pretty fascinating. But after going and getting a car and seeing what's happening in China and seeing the interest in social media and you, you know, YouTube and Twitter and stock twits about cars and you know the battery is getting better and just the whole process, this is an exciting time. So since uh, Romeo is in the process of uh, closing this deal, I thought it'd be great to have you on the show. So I thank you both. Can you guys just give me, let's just Bob walk through how this whole process works first with the SPAC and how this all works with Romeo and how you put this together. Sure. So Howard, um, a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. Basically you go out, uh, raise money in an IPO, which we did uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, we put the money into a trust, and then we go out and look for a target or a deal, um, in this case, a company like Romeo, to merge with. So we're a public company. We're listed on the New York Stock Exchange. The objective of the target is to become public by merging into us. Yep. It's an expedited way to, be, to take a private company public. And is this the first time you've done it? I mean, you know, I've had Chamath on. I'm friends with all the people doing SPACs. You know, I know the Credit Suisse guys and the Barker guys. Who were your bankers that did this? The bank that took us public uh, was Deutsche Bank. Okay, so you used and, Deutsche Bank. Got it. Right. And then uh, the advisors on the deal were uh, Morgan Stanley for us. And uh, when we did the merger, was Morgan Stanley and then Goldman for the company. Now, is it true because it's Deutsche Bank that Trump owns a piece of the, your SPAC? I have no comment. <laughs> Just kidding. So... Uh, <laughs> The, uh, all right, so, and is this the first one you've done or you were ahead of the curve or is this something you've been doing for a while and now the curve caught up to you? Well, no, it's, for me, it's my first SPAC, but one of my partners is its second SPAC. And so, you know, we put our investment uh, track records together and and this is where we came out with uh, RMG. And so a year and a half, did you, you have two years. So were you getting nerve? I mean, you know, you can't talk. It's like Fight Club. You can't talk about what you want to buy. That's the whole trick of the SPAC. You got to put it together. It's a blind pool. You raise the money. You did fantastic. I know how hard this is because I've done the process now three or four times. And people think, oh, it's so easy and everybody's going to do it. Maybe you can. It is America, but this is not easy. So was this, 
something that surprised you in its ease or surprised you on how hard it is? Or what's, what's the biggest takeaway on SPACs that you can say now that you've done one and your partner's your second one? Yeah, no, it's a great question, Howard. You know what? It's relatively easy to raise the capital. It's difficult to find a good deal, and it's really hard to find a great deal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's what we did in Romeo. We found a great deal. And so you can't, did you think it was going to be in the EV market when you did it? Or did you have kind of a focus when you put this together with the banks? Was it, was, was it at this category or was, what, was there a general idea for, for the SPAC or targeted? No, it, it actually, we started out looking in uh, sort of the industrials and the material space. Got it. And it was only after the Nikola deal was announced and debuted in the market that we started focusing on the electrification of the transportation industry. Got it. Okay. How did you come to meet Romeo? Actually, one of my partners has a company called Riverside Management, and one of his uh, guys actually had a relationship with uh, Romeo and introduced us to the company. All right. So now to Lionel. Lionel, when did you get involved in the company, and how is Romeo different than most EV companies? So thanks, Howard. So look, I, I got involved. I joined Romeo uh, the back in the 2016. So it's actually my, my uh, four-year anniversary coming up. And, and how we're different, uh, Howard, is we see ourselves as a leading-edge biotechnology company. And what we're all about, Howard, is, is bringing the electrification strategies and plans of our customers to life. Okay, so in-house at, at Romeo, we have superior energy density, so long-range, fast charging. You name it under one roof, we have it for our customers. So we, we go beyond the battery and ensure that our fleet managers or OEMs that partner with us, they get the most out of their vehicles, especially in the commercial vehicle industry. And what makes the Romeo technology special? Sure. Different pillars. So Howard, under one roof, we have expertise in, in, in cell science, uh, thermal engineering, structural engineering, battery management system, etc. So what we pride ourselves on is having real expertise in all of those pillars, but we're crushing it on, on four real metrics, safety, reliability, energy density, and configurability. When, when was the company founded? The company was founded actually in the back end of 2015. So it's really a, a young company to have such a large valuation, so, but you have customers, right? So you guys aren't, it's not a zero revenue spec deal. And, and that's important for your listener. I'm glad you asked that. We are not a pre-revenue company. Uh, we have $544 million in contracted backlog revenue with another $2.2 billion uh, under advanced negotiation. So, Howard, we've been delivering to our customers, and we deliver to our customers on a weekly basis right now. And can you talk about some of the customers? Sure, definitely. So, look, some of our customers span the large incumbent OEMs that cover 70% of the Class 8 space, such as uh, Daimler and Packard. And, of course, we, we've done some announcements with, uh, we have a large partnership with Nikola, large partnership with Lion Electric, as well as some other up-and-comers. And so, Tesla, is, is it kind of like Apple now that it has the M1? Is Tesla just locking everything down in like they are becoming like the Apple of cars and that leaves Romeo and the rest of the world to, you know, it's kind of like the Intel inside before M1. Where, where is, how do you see the landscape in a Tesla world and a Neo world? Sure. I see the landscape of exactly what you said. Intel inside, NVIDIA inside, Romeo power inside. So Howard, we, we call ourselves the nucleus of electrification, Okay. So our solutions fit into any e-power train, 
any integrator, any OEM, any fleet managers needs. So how I see it in this, it's also a Romeo power war. Okay, there's enough space for all of us, but we're focused on the hard industries, which is a commercial vehicle. And, and that's where we really went in because we're the safest. We put the most capacity on wheel and we're enabling the longest range and fastest charging, particularly in that industry. So by commercial, are you saying trucks? Yes, trucks. Okay. okay. And where are we with trucks? I didn't know there were electric trucks on the road already. Oh, definitely. That where are we with trucks? So the ROI is is getting better and penciling out day by day. So in the short to medium haul arena, we are going 200 to 250 miles. That pencils out rather easily. So we're supporting in there, going longer range. Up the top end of the range in Class 8, for example, uh, our solutions are going uh, 360 miles on a single charge, and we're marching towards the 500-plus mile arena on a single charge. I ride on weekends here in North Scottsdale. I see Amazon's on Sunday driving around. Is that who eventually also all the FedExes and UPS and Amazon's, is that considered commercial in your mind? Yeah, that's considered commercial. And honestly, that, that's really possible. So look, as part of our partnership that we announced uh, with Line Electric a couple of weeks ago, one of their customers is Amazon. So it's possible that as they deliver to Amazon, we start integrating our batteries from a mass production standpoint. Our uh, Romeo Power trucks could be in the hands of Amazon. And before the SPAC, how much did you guys raise? It was, pro- it was venture capital done. So how much did you guys raise? We raised a total of, of more, more than $100 million since inception. In Silicon Valley money or, or global money? Well, family up New York, Silicon Valley combination and our founder. And I guess it's like a, an engineering company in many ways, or how would you frame Romeo as? We're at electrification enabler, Howard. Okay. So not only we do we design, we also produce, okay? That, that's very important for us. So we design, we build, we ship, we test, we break in house before shipping it. So we're electrification enabler. That's who we are. And this is all done out of a California office and facility? Yes, this is done in in our California facility. We have 113,000 square feet, uh, seven gigawatt hours of capable production under one roof. But we have some great partnerships such as with Borgwana, where we have access to their their facilities throughout North America, Europe, and Asia to enable growth at a, a low investment. And so as CEO of someone in this space, sort of leave Bob out of this conversation, but he's the money guy, nobody cares. I'm just kidding, Bob. Everybody loves Bob Mancini. <laughs> Listen, no offense taken. Lionel's the star of the show. I he is. So, <laughs> seeing, sorry. so seeing that Elon Musk, it's amazing. I mean, this guy, he's not even talking about, it. he's fighting with everybody in California. He's talking about space. Meanwhile, Tesla's like the seventh largest company in the world, and this guy's on Twitter farting around in space and blowing up the canopy for everybody else in a good way. So are you a cheerleader of everything that he does, even though he's not a customer? Well, I I think it's important to point out. So I I worked at SpaceX. I worked at Elon Musk, a space company. Of course, I'm a fan of of what he's doing, but I like to say it this way. Uh, Elon is is helping solve the problems on Earth and in space, and and, and Romeo is right alongside him uh, pushing for that, right? This is all about green green energy accessibility to all and transition into a more sustainable earth. So yes, I, I'm not going to say I agree with all his, his methods and delivery, but a full respect. Uh, and I learned a lot while working at, at SpaceX. And SpaceX, people can't get enough. My smartest friends can't get enough of buying the stock in secondary markets. So 
like you obviously worked at SpaceX. What is it? I, space doesn't interest me. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, I want to breathe and live. There's a million ways to die on Earth. So why would I want to go in a spaceship? So, and I'm Jewish, so full disclosure, we, we're scared to leave our house. <laughs> what drives a young guy to go work at SpaceX? Because we don't even know what that is. Like, tell me what got you involved in, and excited about space. Well, it's, it's actually more the reason I came to Romeo Howard is energy. So my, my entire career has been spent in energy. I, I grew up in the, the United States, Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, where uh, electricity is off 18 hours a day, even as I speak to you here today. Wow. And we fly the U.S. flag, okay? So, so what got me interested in is, is understanding the best ways to make the most energy-efficient product, which even though you don't know anything about space, to get that rocket up takes a lot of engineering and energy efficiency. Uh, so that's what led me to SpaceX. But what led me to Romeo is just our mission to advance energy technology and, and really trying to solve the problem on Earth. So it's the same thing, just trying to put the most energy efficient green products on road or in the air or on water. <laughs> so did yeah. Ro- did you get recruited or did you know about Romeo? Yeah, so we I, I got kind of recruited. I work with some of the early uh, employees at Romeo at SpaceX. And, and how it is, it's kind of funny. I, <laughs> back in 2016, I visited this, this little uh, shack, if you will, in between a boxing ring and a candle shop in Santa Monica. Uh-huh. And I, I was 30 of us. And when I looked at the product that was presented to me in terms of the early prototypes, it was unlike anything I've ever seen in my career. And I mean, I've been at innovative companies, General Electric, SpaceX, et cetera. So that's what really uh, led me to join Romeo. Okay, this is cool. Because I think... You know, there's a lot of fun made of the last era, uh, you know, the Facebook, Twitter eras. Like, you know, we wanted uh, spaceships and we got uh, whatever, 140 characters, you know, and it is funny. And then behind the scenes, when everybody's making fun of, you know, Facebook wrecking the world and, and we wanted, you know, we have all this money in Silicon Valley and we have all this money printing. And then quietly, 2020 has been about two of the most incredible, you know, COVID obviously, a horrendous year medical-wise, but it's also with the vaccines and the speed of vaccines, we're seeing how technology wasn't just flittered away on on Twitter and, and Facebook, right? We're a year into this and we have vaccines coming out. Uh, and, you know, we hated the banks and sure enough, Bitcoin's back at all-time highs, you know, so even though the banks are still with us, we have Bitcoin at all-time high and we have um, SPACs like Bob and and creative people doing SPACs to help companies like Romeo get public. So we have this, oh, you know, Facebook wrecked democracy, uh, America's fighting, uh, COVID, and then quietly NASDAQ breaks 10,000 and here we are in December and Tesla's fifth, seventh largest company in the world and Neo and Nikola and Fisker and Romeo and problems were getting solved. Got guys like you, I mean, I wouldn't have known if someone in you know, 2015 had, had shown me a battery company. And again, I don't focus on that as a venture capitalist. And then, and I showed up and see like a little hut. There's no way I'm going to do this. So, so money is not fully being frittered. And I don't think people fully around the world get the power of, of what Musk actually did. Because going into that store yesterday and getting that experience, it wasn't just about the technology. It was about the process that took all the paperwork and headache out of buying a car. The success we're seeing is because the world is actually making this move. So it's kind of exciting. I mean, I guess it's, 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 it's got to be exciting for you to watch. 
No, 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 no. We're, we're not watching. I went in it. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're driving in, yeah. it forward, Howard. Yeah. yeah. So, so two things I'll tell you. Uh, so, so first about the software, that is critical, even in our business. So that's that's really one of our biggest secret sauces, uh, Howard. So, mm-hmm. so the, 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 our software suite is as important, or even more important than the hardware, because the things we, we're helping the fleet managers with, like such as you know what vehicles to deploy. Uh, what routes to take, when to charge, that's literally going to translate into millions of dollars of savings per year. But on to your second point, which I am I am so happy you brought it up first. I got to commend you again with what you're doing with Stat Twits and your, and your platform is you're enabling a lot of people to invest and get in on the future, on the next wave. And the second thing I'll tell you is, which we employ at Romeo as well, look, Howard, that experience you just went through is going back to what we call first principles. I learned this at SpeakSex. The first principles is simply understanding anything you're doing down to the raw material level, down to the most seemingly minute detail, and then breaking the heck out of it. So that's why you had that great five-minute experience of buying a car. And that's the way that we look at every problem. So we don't say can't. We don't say impossible. We say impossible is nothing, especially at Romeo Power, but I learned that mantra from working at SpaceX, actually. So that's what you're experiencing firsthand, and that's what our customers at Romeo Power are experiencing as well. And so if this is a global phenomenon, you have a a facility in California, obviously you're going to have to do some pipes. I'll talk to Bob about this, but how do you meet growing demand? Are you just focused on the U.S.? Sure. So actually, I'll bring back our partnership uh, with Borgwana to the forefront. So yes, my team and I are really focused on the North American market, especially with commercial vehicles, first and foremost. Look, our industry agnostic portfolio also allows us to branch out into agriculture, mining, aviation, et cetera. But Howard, uh, we're leveraging our partnership with Borgwana, which they have an equity stake in Romeo Power Parent. And then we also stood up our, our 60-40 joint venture where BWA owns 60%. We're leveraging that partnership to make inroads into the European and Asian markets. So, so Howard, and, and as part of that, again, we have access not only to the facilities, existing facilities of Borgwana in North America, but also the same stands throughout Europe and Asia. So that's part of our global expansion plan. Very cool. And so how did you learn about SPACs? Because obviously you went down this path. So what was it about this idea of going public that got you excited? Because it's hard. Now you're running a business and a public company. And it's kind of like two things. You've got your stock. you got your employees watching the stock because you, you'll see them on stock twits and Twitter and Reddit, whatever. <laughs> and, the, and their mood is, you know, their mood can get affected by the stock price, right? And the, you have the company to run. So as a young company, how, how comes SPAC? So the, the way I learned about it is, first of all, uh, we were laughing about this, Howard. Uh, we found some notes from about two and a half years ago where almost to the day we, we planned to go IPO. Uh, but as we were discussing these plans and, and SPACs came about, you know, uh, easier access to capital. You can use projections in order to build evaluation and make sure educate the masses about your story. Uh, so we started going on that part and digging in and learning more. Uh, so that's how we learned about it. But honestly, one of the big reasons, and Bob and I talk about this all the time, is Bob and his team. You know, So after understanding the positives of a SPAC, we quickly turned to saying, hey, we need to make sure that we have a great partner in this. So they have to bring a strategic mindset. 
They have to be in for the long haul. They have to be in and be adders to what we're trying to do as an organization and quite frankly has have the same ethos. Okay, so once we decided upon the spot, it was really about going forward with RNG because of what Bob and his team are bringing to the table. And so, Bob, if you're still there and haven't hung up. <laughs> I'm here, Howard. Bob Mancini's back. So, Bob, what is the role of a CEO of the SPAC? Because Lionel's running the show. What's your role now that you, I think the deal closes at the end of the month, let's say. So, what is the role leading into this now that the deals, you know, you've announced, but you still have to close? And then what's Bob's role after? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, look, I, my role primarily and my partner's roles is to partner with Lionel and his team to really figure out how to position the company to be a great success as a public company and to prepare them for you know their debut in the public market. Um, we had to make sure that they understood the importance of putting out projections that were realistic and that could be met or more importantly, could be beaten. And so you know, we worked hard to put together a set of projections that were realistic uh, and that the management knew and had the confidence that they could meet or exceed. And I think that's the path that we're on. And so my role now, as we transition the company, is going to be to be the chairman of the board of the company, together with one of my partners, Phil Cassin. He'll be on the board. And we've basically professionalized the entire board. We've got Susan Brennan, who, uh, you know, is at Bloom Energy at the moment. She was also instrumental in launching the LEAF electric car for Nissan years ago. Tim Stewart, the COO of Republic Services, second largest waste company in the United States, a 16,000 truck fleet. These are the kind of people, plus um, Brady Erickson, who's a senior executive at BorgWarner. These are the types of people who are going to be on the board alongside of Lionel and Lauren Webb, the CFO. Uh, we're going to basically surround them with all the support we can give them as they bring the company public. It's pretty exciting that this is touches all three points. In 2019, December, if you said, Howard, you know, Tesla's going to be seventh biggest company in the world, maybe I'd say, okay. But if you told me combination of SPACs, battery companies, China, all this stuff going on with Biden winning and the amount of medical distress, it's, it's just this year has surprised on so many levels. And so how are you dealing with that, Lionel, with the team, like with the remote team? Because this is like a high-tech company, and you've got to produce. It's not like it's just software. So how, do you de- how did March affect the day-to-day of Romeo? Sure. So, so the day-to-day, um, what we did is, is we transitioned any of our technical roles uh, that can be done remotely are being done remotely. As you can hear throughout our time together today, Howard, we're, we're a very creative company. Our culture is rooted in innovation. So we transitioned that rather quickly. But like I said before, we're not here saying a plan, Howard. You know, we, we are delivering to our customers on a weekly basis. So, so we kept uh, the manufacturing rocking and rolling. So to this day, we're, we're running all of our, uh, our shift uh, production every day. We have uh, cleaning protocols. Everybody's doing the temperature checks uh, several times throughout the day, additional cleaning steps. So that, that's how it's really affected. And we transition our engineering core uh, to remote while keeping the, the production with, with a skeleton support crew going at the facility. And, and that's how we've been running and we've been uh, successful thus far. On the business side, Howard, uh, honestly, 
things accelerated. And, you know, several factors, whether it's uh, our customers already had plans or the big drive to acceleration of e-commerce, everybody shopping at home. So we were literally getting calls and our customers are saying, hey, we know we plan X amount of vehicles, but we need you to give us a little bit more packs because we're building more. So business actually accelerated during this time, which was a pleasant surprise for us. Unbelievable. So where's the biggest innovation coming in the next few years that nobody sees? Is it just more about range or is it more about size? Like what are the things that, what has to happen next? Sure. And it's the most boring part of everything we'll talk about. In our core industry, which is, uh, like we said, focus on commercial vehicles, we talk to these till we're blue in the face for about three things. Return on investment, uptime, profit per mile. So what needs to happen is we're going to continue executing aggressively on the 20-plus year technology roadmap that we have. The metric there is innovation per unit time, uh, Howard, so the velocity of innovation that comes out. And we got to keep pushing the boundaries on safety, reliability, miniaturization, uh, energy density. So that's what has to happen. I have to keep being at the forefront of innovation. And that translates into more range. We got to take away this, this range anxiety that still exists, especially in the commercial vehicle sector. Also, continue pushing our fast charge capabilities out. So, so we, we're doing a fast charge. We're, we're charging as fast as, as, as 30 minutes, and we have a roadmap that will get us down to 50 minutes for large batteries in the commercial vehicle industry. We're doing that so we could reduce the amount of billions that are necessary to stand up the charging infrastructure. So that's twofold. Keep pushing the boundaries uh, and a range and performance of the vehicle while standing up an efficient charging infrastructure that's based upon you know market-leading uh product that we're putting on road at Romeo Power. And so what could go wrong? What could go wrong? I'll go back to what I said, innovation per unit time. So Howard, I am driving the, as a CEO of our company, what is winning? Uh, what's responsible for this, this 544 million in backlog and counting this world-class team that we have, but quite frankly, is the technology. So my thing is there may be somebody in a garage somewhere that's working on something as, as radical or more radical than us, that can't happen. If it does, I, I might look to buy them, but that's, that's who I'm looking out for. So what could go wrong is there's a slight chance that somebody could be more innovative than us. And I'm not having that, quite frankly. <laughs> so we're focused there. In the other pillars of the business, Howard, because you're so successful in everything that you're doing, I'm confident in the partnerships that we have. So when you look at operational excellence, for example, you know, we're partnered with Borgwana. Their, their expertise, bread and butter, is global manufacturing. So we, we've been partnered with them a, a long time and optimizing our manufacturing system, increasing operational equipment efficiency, quite frankly, reducing the probability of production hell. And then from a quality revenue standpoint, once we keep those two pillars, innovation at the forefront, operational excellence, we will continue. I'm highly confident that we'll continue to translate more and more deals as the years go on. So, so that's what I'm focused on. And so what question if I, if I, what have I missed about Romeo? You haven't missed it, but I'll reiterate. We're not some tier two, tier three, tier four battery company. We're electrification enabler. We're the nucleus of electrification, right? So what we're doing is enabling the performance requirements and the needs all up on the fleet management level. We have an industry agnostic portfolio, which means that we're, we're quietly seeding and winning in the adjacent markets. So look, investing in Romeo 
is like, I took this from Bob, so I got to give him credit. It's like investing in us is like an electrification ETF. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you have exposure to the entire vertical. We're not beholden to any one company whatsoever. So anybody you're excited about is literally our addressable market, Howard. So either we're already in them or we have a high likelihood of being in them. And I'll just give you a couple, just a couple more, if you will. So so that's the biggest thing I want you to understand. Mm-hmm. The second thing is our fleet management partnership, Howard. When we say NVIDIA inside, Intel inside, that's what you're experiencing with Romeo. We have our fleet managers mandating that Romeo Power Technology is inside, no matter the OEM. So that's mm-hmm. game changer, okay? And, and the numbers that we're guiding to, you don't have any of the adjacent industries numbers from there that we're working on. You don't have any of the upside from our joint venture in Europe and throughout Asia. So you have a conservative plan that's in front of you right now, so there's a lot of upside. And the last thing is, we have a battery recycling business that's gonna be extremely exciting. The net profit sharing uh, partnership that we have with Heritage Environmental. I mean, come on, you could invest in us in Romeo now, or you can try and talk to JB at Redwood Materials or North Volta Europe, but those guys are private. You have the opportunity to invest in Romeo and have exposure to all the verticals, have part in a high growth business, and really be poised to take part in the rise of electrification because we're the center of it. All right. Well, I mean, you guys killed it. Bob, What? anything I'm missing about the f- I just want to reiterate two yeah. things. You know, one of the biggest challenges in the battery space has been the recycling of batteries. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and as um, as Lionel just said, they've got a joint venture partnership with Heritage Environmental to recycle the batteries that their customers use. That's number one. The second thing I would say is, you know, this is a huge market opportunity. The commercial electric vehicle market is going to be electrified. It's it's not a question of if; it's a question of when. And uh, I think, as Lionel said, you know, investing in Romeo, you get exposure across the entire electrification space. Now, is it best, like in a fab world, a semiconductor world, where Romeo is a licensee, or do you have to make everything? Is there a world where Romeo just takes a piece of everything's made, and that's an easier business, or no? No, production, Howard, is a core competency. The machine that builds the machine is extremely important. So we got to build it, we will, and we got to ship it. All right, as a geek, Lionel, if you could drive one person around for the day, who would it be? Wow, as a geek? Well, as anybody. You could drive drive somebody around, and not Canute or me. And (laughs) fascinating as we are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh that would be Barack Obama. Okay, cool. That's a good answer. And not Elon Musk. Have you met Elon? Yeah, I met Elon. Walk in there. What, one thing about him is he's very high touch. So he meets everybody, sits in some meetings, and he's very, very high touch. So yes. And has he ever threatened you on Twitter? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Okay. The uh, You guys did great. I mean, I'm so, I'm learning something. You know, this, this part of this thing is, I can't believe I bought a Tesla. It was a BMW guy. Hey, do you guys own elect? Do you guys own Teslas or no? I'm getting a Tesla. You're getting a Tesla. Well, you're you, you know you're yes. you're a battery company, so you shouldn't be able to afford one yet. So good point. You haven't sold your. <laughs> have you sold your SpaceX stock? Or are you holding it? <laughs> holding. Okay, good. I think that's smart. And so you're you're going to buy a Tesla. And Bob, what about you? I haven't bought a Tesla yet. I'm actually looking at another electric vehicle competitor, but I uh, I can't tell you which one. Okay. 
So this was fun. Thanks for coming on, guys. I know it's. Uh, I know you guys are busy, but community will appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll get you back on the show to update people on uh, the company. So go Romeo. Thanks, awesome. Howard. Thank All you right, so gentlemen. much. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 K nut. You geek out on this stuff. Oh, I this love this stuff. This is you. You're a car guy, but you would never buy a Tesla. Oh, yeah. But you love you know, your Audi. You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? My mine. boat in the future will have four electric motors. I can. You don't mind the quiet. Now. Yeah, the burning no. gas in the, in and the, the bullshit in a, of the. In a boat, you don't, you don't need, need the, it. You don't need You're the sound. Right. You're a right. Car, that putt, putt, putt sound. All you Good can point. hear are the seagulls. So you think it'll be boats? Oh, yes. That's a huge market. Because rich people have boats, so they'll upgrade right away. Right. But I wonder about the wake for skiing and stuff. It will, it'll produce no wake, mm-hmm. though. But that, that's a good thing for mo- everything other than skiing. Those kind of speeds, you you uh, you use up your electricity pretty fast. But when you have something that's going chugging along at a, at a normal speed, it's great for that. Jesus, this world. I mean, I you know, you know, this this is a pretty interesting little company. It's amazing. I wouldn't even have heard of it if it wasn't for my friend. And I just couldn't believe how fast this deal got put together. But uh, Lionel sounds like a smart dude. All right, everybody. uh, You are listening to Howard Linzone and K-Nut Knut Jensen, handsomest podcaster in America. Not me, Knut. And this is Panic with Friends. We seem to be well past a panic. The only people panicked right now are people who don't own stocks and electric vehicles. But we'll be back. Unfortunately, panic will be back and uh, we will be here to try and help you not panic. And in the meantime, we're quite proud of bringing on a lot of smart people twice a week, Knut and I, to talk about how to make money. You know, it's quite as simple as that. I don't know. Is there anything more important than that, I guess? Your health, your money, uh, the little blue pill for guys our age. <laughs> and, uh, how, and if your pee flow is good, how'd you sleep? And... You have an ingrown nose hair, things like that. So this pan, those are the things that I've been panicked about That you are lately. panicked about, yes. Yeah, because luckily my stocks are going up. So uh, twice a week, go to Apple, go to Spotify, go to Google, go to your favorite podcast app, search our name, Howard Lindzen, search Panic with Friends. Stocktwits is where you find me. I have a free blog, howardlindzen.com, but you just go subscribe. You'll get an alert when we do our podcast twice a week with founders like uh, Lionel and entrepreneurs and Bob Mancini, financier, SPACs. And um, we talk to traders, investors, entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, We'll see you soon.